When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Happy New Year! This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. For the final time this year, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Radio Network and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WCW Watcher of Classic Wrestling, the main event collector, and the figure-hunting warrior. He is the Conan, and my Lex Luger, Orale. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? <laughs> uh, I assume you watched this one live back in 1998. I did. At a friend's house through nefarious ways, but I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, hey, hey you just watched, okay? You didn't did. have anything to do with it, all right? That's all I did, man. Just like usual, I just watched. That's all I did. Well, yeah, you like to watch. I do. That's a t-shirt, now on, that's a t-shirt now on our swag shacks, by the way. Go to... Uh, our bonfire store, you can get all that on our link tree. <laughs> I feel like people don't even realize it's a double entendre, but whatever. <laughs> well, I sure hope they do. But, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about, you know, classic wrestling. I mean, gosh, what else could we be talking about? Right? I mean, uh, I mean, there's there's a picture of a VHS tape on there, which if you really want to confuse anybody that was born before or after the year 2000, wear that shirt. All right. VHS WTF. <laughs> basically is that uh yeah pretty much but today we are going back to december of 1998 or uh which was you know not a fantastic time in the well in wcw uh, wwf was doing pretty good at the uh, I, 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 I disagree i think it was a great time everywhere it's just this event kind of started its downfall mm, okay uh, you're yeah I, I i'll agree with you there you were you that is correct you go and look at all of 98 and WCW, it was pretty damn good. It had some lows, but, like, it's, it's no, not bad. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't until 99 where the wheels really started to fall off. I'll, I'll agree I mean, with you yeah, there. I mean, real quick, I mean, going into 98, it was a great year until they decided to turn Bret Hart heel and get that one. And yeah. then 
the multiple title switches throughout the year. Uh, that that hurt a little bit. But yeah, it was yeah. good overall, I thought. Yeah, 1999. Uh, WWE, by the way, is one of the greatest years in WWE history, so I'll say that. But that's when I that's when my fandom took off. So yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. Uh, 98 was great, you know, on the USA Network, and and like you said, it wasn't bad for on uh, TNT either. All around. Well, it was bad enough to yeah. start its um, decline or at least losing ratings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because. I, mean, like I, said, I don't know if they declined and WWE rose or WWE just rose and they stayed at it at a stay still. I don't know. Uh, I think it was WC WWF started ga- garnering more uh, uh, followers, you know, consistently tuning in uh, because they had something that people really latched onto and cared about with the Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon feud really heating up in 98. So, I mean, that was the streak breaker, wasn't it? The, the first time they were supposed to face mm-hmm. off on pay-per-view. Yeah. So big stuff for the WWF, and uh, I mean there was big stuff in. Kind of w- funny, you you literally just mentioned when they started heating up, and we're about to cover when WCW starts dying. Kind of ironic. Yeah, well, and if you think about it, 1998 was also the year of Goldberg. So that was, I mean, they pushed the crap out of Goldberg in '98, and he was he was hot as hell, and here he's the champion. And I mean, not to spoil the ending of the show, but obviously. He's going to lose his streak, and uh, it, it doesn't cool Goldberg off. I mean, Goldberg's still one of their hottest acts until the day they close the door, but still, uh, I don't know. He was he was handled really well until he wasn't. You know what I mean? I do. So we'll talk about all that in the news and notes here coming up uh, and, you know, the event itself. But real quick. The Main Event Marks podcast is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all of your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at Fanatics.com. The link that you can click is actually down in the podcast description. Uh, Just let them know that the Main Event Marks and the Unhinged Sports Radio Network sent you when you go to check out. Also, we're sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENTMARKS, all one word, for 15% off your order. Save you some cash right after the holidays. Also, we want to direct you to our new link tree, that is linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. There you can get all the links to uh, wherever you can listen to the podcast, our social media, our swag shacks slash uh, merchandise stores. You can go to our Redbubble and Bonfire stores to get all the latest and greatest merchandise for the podcast and support your favorite Retro Wrestling Podcast. That is linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. But now we're going to take our first break real quick. I do want to direct anybody, if you haven't heard, uh, last week was double main event week. And on Friday, we dropped our interview with the one and only John Arezzi. It was very fun. We've never done an interview on the show before. That was surreal in a way. Yeah. I mean, I know people wouldn't call him necessarily a celebrity, but... When you've seen someone on TV or something like that, like a long time. Well, and you think of all the stuff he's done, too. I mean, it's just like, but uh, yeah, go check that out. Um, There's clips of it on our YouTube if you want to go check that out. But I will say I'm only putting a couple of clips on there. The interview goes for 
a good hour or more. So there's a lot to cover there that I'm not going to give away in clips on YouTube. So go check out the long form interview. He covers a lot of stuff and we deep dive into certain subjects. So I think you'll all enjoy it. But when we come back after this first break, it's the news and notes from December of 98. Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get ready to rumble! In your new main event marks merchandise, we've got t shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's main event marks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event marks. .redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. First story here. In the biggest wrestling business deal made in the U.S. in several years, WCW has put together a deal with NBC to begin airing two-hour primetime specials on NBC. It's similar to the old Saturday night's main event specials that the WWF used to do. Uh, also, the dates of the first two shows have been announced, and coincidentally, air quotes, uh, the first one will be airing head-to-head against WWF's St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view in February, and the next one will be airing head-to-head against WrestleMania, which is a pretty obvious attempt to screw over the WWF. And if they're successful, it's possible that WCW will begin airing NBC specials monthly going head-to-head against every WWF pay-per-view. I'm going to stop well, right there. About, about all that. <laughs> I don't think this ever happened, did it? No, it did not. 
Okay, yeah, so this is kind of a moot point, but it, I mean there's a lot of details about this. I know there have been deta- a lot of details about crap stories in the past, but it just – I was shocked because it also says NBC is also expected to heavily cross-promote the wrestling shows along with their other shows. Friends star Matthew Perry is expected to appear on the first special. Could he be any more famous in 98? <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to squeeze that in there. <laughs> Uh, But Fox was also interested in getting into the wrestling business and actually talked about starting up their own new promotion. Yeah. Well, what was it? uh, 20 – about 20 years later, they would get into the wrestling game, so there's that. They wouldn't start their own promotion, but, you know, they've got uh, the highest-rated wrestling program currently on television – uh, on on their channel right now so you know there's that but yeah the nbc thing i just i was like why are there so many details about a story that's like you said is complete bunk i don't know yeah bro ever be <laughs> they'll kill the deal will be gone forever bro <laughs> <laughs> oh man usa today ran an article on scott hall's ex-wife dana talking about the drug use uh, so prevalent in wrestling and with Scott Hall in particular, WCW gave a quote to the paper acknowledging his stay in rehab and saying, quote, since Scott has returned, he's been professional and performed his job for WCW like he should. The man has a right to make a living. He's conducted himself well with us. We can't just ask him to leave. Believe me, if he came to one of our tapings and we felt like he was under the influence, then, yeah, we would have a problem, end quote. Uncle Dave responded with, quote, ha, 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 end quote. Wow. Well, I mean, he's the expert. Well, in this case, yeah, he's being a kind of an a-hole about it. But in this case, he's not wrong. Scott Hall did show up many times under the influence. uh, Bischoff admittedly – or you know, admitted to this. And uh, they kept having to send him home or they'd have to sober him up and it just – yeah. But I don't know. Maybe he minded his P's and Q's for like a couple of months, maybe. But Dave goes on to mention – hey, I'm trying to give him credit here. All right. But Dave then goes on to mention the multiple arrests that Hall has had since leaving rehab along with wrecking five rental cars in the span of a few months and says that it's sad that the wrestling industry apparently learned nothing from the deaths of people like Brian Pillman and Louis Spicoli. Not to mention, Hall has shown up to countless WCW tapings and no state to wrestle. Okay, that last one. I feel like we've covered this before. (laughs) I I don't know if this was the same exact thing or if it was like the same story, different time. You know what I mean? Like they all kind of just run together. Uh, Keeping on with WCW here, though, I mean, because that stuff's all been well documented. And uh, like you said, it feels like we've covered this before, which – I don't believe we have, but no, we've I mean, covered. we have not this one. <laughs> right. Yeah. They all just, like part. I said, they run together. It's not good. No. It sucks, too. I'm not laughing at it. It's not funny, but. I know. Like a whole yeah. hallway. Yeah, he could have been a lot bigger than he was if he would have stayed clean. And I don't mean big as in size-wise, either. I mean, like, he might have been a world champion one day. You, you never know. Should have been. Yeah, he was damn good. Uh, but WCW Nitro was held at the TWA Dome in St. Louis, and it should have done near record numbers. 
but a snowstorm and four-degree weather completely killed any last-minute ticket buys, so the show didn't quite break the records it was expected to break. It broke the all-time non-WWF gate record in the U.S., but they were hoping to do around $1 million at the gate, but fell short. It also drew 29000 paid, which is also less than they had hoped. The fact that 29 people, 29,000 people still showed up in four-degree weather in a blizzard. What I mean, the hell is four-degree weather? That sounds fake to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Y'all out there in California I don't know about none of that. Uh, out here in Ohio, it's not <laughs> frequent, but, you know, like last year. <sighs> I always like, by the way, I don't you probably don't have to deal with this out there either, but I always like um, when they're like, oh, it's 30 degrees. But with the wind chill, it's more like 10 degrees. And it's like, OK, then it's 10 degrees. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't tell me it's 30. Uh, I, yeah, I know I, I'm complaining right now because it's 42 as we shoot as we film, shoot <laughs> as we record this. Um, oh, man. It's 31 out here, so yay! <sighs> fun times. Uh, well, speaking of fun times, Paramount movie officials were backstage at Nitro getting wrestlers to sign deals regarding plans for a potential wrestling movie that they're working on. This Ooh, eventually. <laughs> I wonder what that going to happen there. <laughs> yep. Uh, for those that don't know, this eventually becomes Ready to Rumble. Who's the 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 head guy and like the the main baddie in the movie? I forget who played him. Uh, he, he was the commissioner of the police in Bad Boys. I just forget his name. But, I I know his face, but yeah. Okay, yeah, because I know Bischoff had said that was supposed to be him, but he was fired before they started filming, so it didn't pan out. And yeah, eh. using DDP as the main bad guy too, and Jimmy King. Hey, look, you know what, though? You know, it's like our day where our kid was a world champion, obviously. Horrible. Um, and they used the triple cage. How come Jimmy King never got anything? Like, I don't say that like he should have, but it's like, how do they not use Oliver Platt? Platt? Oliver Platt? Is that anything? Yeah. How do they not use him in this damn in the show, in the damn movie? I'm assuming you know I mean? he. Like, I'm assuming they were like, uh, they probably approached him with it, and he probably laughed in their face and was like, um, I'm good. <laughs> Fine. David Arquette will be the world champion. Yeah. It's like, what? Well, you don't want to do a big it. opportunity, pal. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, 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 what are you going to go film another Oscar nominated movie? Whatever. I say that not knowing what uh, his um, filmography is like right in front of me, but I know he was in quite a quite a few good movies. Uh, don't don't judge him by Ready to Rumble. I'll say that. Uh, oh, my not, God. Don't. That was just a payday, but. I don't blame him. I would have yeah. done it, too. Yeah, he's like, ah, I don't want to do this crap. And, he, and then he's like, wait, it, how, <laughs> all I can think of is that scene from Friends. He's like, no, 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 no. Quit saying numbers. Quit saying numbers. I'm not coming to work for you. I'll see you on Monday. Click. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, a lot of people were upset about the fake Ric Flair heart attack angle last week. I don't remember that. They didn't I mean, really... They didn't really like make it like our attack. They just like he went off the air. They went off the air or seen into what one it was with him kind of like holding his chest and falling down. But yeah, yeah. they didn't I, really so, call it that. So, so I like how they I mean, recreate. I like how they recreate one of the scummiest, most terrible storylines ever done by uh, uh, Fritz von Erich down in WCCW. 
like apparently they tried to do that to drum up uh, sympathy and, and fan support, and all it did was uh, disgust people, and they turned it off. But most people saw through this, but it did make uh, – it was made worse because uh, Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair and Arn Anderson all tried to play it as real, even backstage, and a few people fell for it. Announcer Dave Penzer and referee Charles Robinson were said to be crying. They cried, bro. And security guy Doug Dillinger was especially upset because uh, since he's been friends with uh, Ric Flair for decades, and when he found out that it was fake, he was extremely pissed off at WCW. Why wouldn't they tell people? Yeah, and it's like, okay, if this was back in the territory days, you could be like, hey, you know, we only tell people that need to know, which, you know, was a thing back then. But now, you mean to tell me Doug Dillinger didn't know what the hell was going on backstage? Like, they needed to kayfabe him? Like, come on now. So stupid. He's been involved in a lot of stuff, too. You know, like a lot. Yep. I'll always remember uh, the episode where Eric Bischoff was giving Hulk Hogan presents and whatever, and they rode their bikes to the ring. And he he took Eric Bischoff's motorcycle to the back and for some reason brought the same damn bike out to the ring instead of the one he was going to give Hogan. And then he yells loud enough for for everybody to hear, I brought the wrong damn bike. (laughs) And then he turns it around and goes back. Meanwhile, Eric Bischoff has a look on his face like, am I being ribbed? Uh, I think you to have the security guy do stuff. Yeah, right. Well, here's one. Uh, you know, you were talking about, hmm, I wonder where that's going. The Giants WCW contract expires on February 9th, and it's pretty much guaranteed that he's headed to the WWF immediately after. Hmm. Now in the archives, by the way, we covered St. Valentine's Day Massacre this past February, so go check that out. Yeah, I was always wondering why he showed up real quick, considering what we know now with no compete clauses and stuff like that. But. I'm going to assume it's because his contract expired, because we've seen that. Yeah, with, that's what I mean. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised they let his contract expire and they didn't you know, do something. I, I don't know. But he, he might have uh, made it clear he's leaving. Yeah, I Every, apparently that was like the worst kept secret in WCW. Everybody was like, yeah, he's leaving. And they tried to get him to stay. But Bischoff said he kind of threw his hands up in the air. I was like, F it. If he wants to go, let him go. Bischoff himself said uh, he never really saw him as like, you know, anybody who was going to. Um, uh, what do you call move it? The needle? Yeah, move the needle. Thank you. I can't word today. I need that new shirt, by the way. Yeah, right. But he, uh, yeah, he's, he said he never saw a big, uh, big Show or Giant or whatever as somebody who would move the needle. And I, look, he's done big things in his career. No, you know, no pun intended. But is he wrong? Considering he didn't do much to WWE, considering he's done nothing with AEW, no. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever tuned into WWE. Even when he was like a top guy doing top guy things in WWE, nobody ever tuned into a pay-per-view because they were like, oh, man, uh, Big Show's going to be wrestling. I mean, they like you said before, they were happy to see him when they tuned in to see, you know, I, I, The Rock or Austin. When he won the WWE title, it was in an unannounced match. So keep that in mind, too. Yeah. You know, it needs to be pointed out. When he yep. won the World Heavyweight title, he lost it two, two minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the first guy eliminated in at WrestleMania 2000. So, Whatever. You ready to yeah, get into some historic uh, WWE ECW title run? Oh, oh yeah, that, that's a thing. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which people didn't want to hear, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Going off that poll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah, we're going to talk about that poll at the end of the show. Uh, we had a poll on social media talking about what, you know, we were asking what you guys wanted to hear uh, for our bonus show in January. So, you and know, you people and you people didn't want to hear WWE ECW. What's wrong with you? Well, they did. It was a, it was a, I mean, it was a tie, but, you know, I, I hope I, I hope people are picking up on my subcast. <laughs> yeah, I, it, uh, yeah I, I was really shocked, honestly, out of the four. I thought that would be near the bottom, but um, we had a two-way tie. Find out what the other one is uh, at the end of the show. How's that for a plug? <sighs> anyway, you ready to talk Hi. about some? <laughs> you ready to talk about some lawsuits? Always. We haven't talked about racism or rape or anything yet. This is oh well. A good year, I assume. Hey, man. Or did you, I, did you I said the gun? <laughs> no, you said the magic R word. So here we go. Uh, former WCW wrestler Bobby Walker. Uh, has filed hard a hard work or was it hard, no hard, hard body or body hard, okay yeah sorry yeah, who's hard, hard body Harrison yeah hard body Harrison okay yeah apparently he sorry, was a like weird ass before we talk I don't want to mess up okay I hard work Bobby Walker yeah I want right. to say don't quote me on this but I think they said that uh, hard body Harrison was involved in like human trafficking or pimping like or that. yeah yeah like ugh that's I don't uh, like that I I, I kind of called it – again, I don't know the, what the news before, which is by design, by the way. And people <laughs> talk crap about that before. It is by design. I don't want to know. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's not okay that every show is a story about someone raping someone. Yeah, well, it's a different R word here. Uh, but, uh, oh, that. former, That's the other one. Okay. Yep, there you go. But former WCW wrestler Bobby Walker has filed a racial discrimination lawsuit against the company, but he recently dropped it after being unable to pay his lawyer's fees. Basically, WCW dragged the case out long enough that Walker couldn't afford to keep it going. Teddy Long was helping Walker in the case, but once it fell apart, WCW immediately fired Long. He was still on the payroll because they didn't want it to be seen as firing him in the middle of a lawsuit, but he wasn't being used. WWF had since hired Long, and he's been working as a referee and may become a manager at some point. He does, but like what? Five, well, from here, like seven years, six years down the road? No, nah, he was 2003. He was with Rodney Mack, so five years ago. Oh, back, okay. Okay. I was thinking 05, but okay. I think yeah, by 05, he's GM up SmackDown. Mm, yeah, I can't remember the yeah. lineage oh, there. So. January, uh, July 04, he turns into GM, I believe. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, because he was with well, he was with D'Lo Brown first, and then he switches to Rodney Mack, and at one point he's with Mark Jindrak, which was weird, uh, but it happened. That's right. Yeah, he was like talking about him the way Bobby Heenan used to the narcissist. Yeah, he was like he's Give the reflection a of perfection leader. player. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, especially since both of the guys he managed before that, his whole gimmick was. We're black and we and we want to beat up white boys. Right. So <laughs> it was it, it was weird. You but anyway, he once gave they asked him because he used to say someone's drinking that haterade, and they asked him, mm-hmm. co- coach asked him what what flavor is haterade? He said white vanilla. <laughs> well, they were really pushing that on the <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, good lord. I remember I that. I but I thought it was kind of clever. I just... <laughs> he literally, with Rodney Mack, he literally had the white boy challenge. 
Yeah, where, white guy, where white guys would come out of the crowd and get beat up by Rodney Mack. <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought that crap was funny. <laughs> it was funny. I didn't like I was just like, what the hell is going on? I was just like, wow, they're doing this. OK, like I wasn't offended. I was just like, whatever. Now, and now Cody's doing the same thing. I'm an end racism by beating up a black guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, that's Jim Cornette's words, not mine. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, he had the first interracial baby ever. Greg, so, he, so he gets the pass for life. Man. I don't understand this, by the way. If if an employee is in the process of suing you, why can't you just fire him? Oh, come on, dude. If they would have fired him there, it would have been like no matter what their excuse was, like, you know, I get the on, racial component of it. I get the racial component of it. But at the same time, it's like he's actively suing the company he works for. That to me comes off as, yeah, we have grounds for firing him right here. Well, it uh, depends on what the suit, like, alleged specifically. Yeah. I assume. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even yeah. tend to be one on the podcast, but um, <laughs> I'm going to assume that they're, like, saying, oh, they're treating me bad because, you know, I'm black, and then they fire him. It's just going to help his case, I assume. Uh, you know what? It all worked again, out I well for him. I don't know what the thing was like. Just <laughs> Right. Well, it all worked out well for him. Not so much for hardworking Bobby Walker. Maybe he yeah. – uh, Worked hard, you know, at a different career after this, but uh, I don't think he ever wrestled again, <laughs> at least not on TV. He's waiting for the Hall of Fame induction. Oh, yeah. Well, can you imagine all the all the indie feds, man, that were just like the, the local promotions that were just like chomping at the bit? They were like, man, hard work and Bobby Walker's on, on you know, like on the free free agent list. <laughs> I love Teddy Long. I just never cared about Bobby Walker. He was just we'll a job guy to me. Oh, well, yeah. Teddy Long oh. is one of the greatest GMs in wrestling history, I think, right next to William Regal. Those are like the two to me. Yeah, I know. After a while, I was like, I hope they never get rid of Teddy Long. He just – he fits. So, I don't know. But you in a tag uh, match, player. Or you go one-on-one with The Undertaker. <laughs> Either way, you're screwed. <laughs> I uh, love it when they occasionally have him back for, like, one-offs, and he still does that, even though The Undertaker's retired. Yep. I forget what he said. He said it on his last one. Last name was on Raw. I'm going to face the Undertaker. And like, wait a minute. He just retired, did he? Yep. Yeah, I like a little one offs with him. Uh, second lawsuit story we got here is actually WCW filing a lawsuit. They filed a $3 million lawsuit against the WWF for restraint of trade last week, claiming that the WWF went out of its way to try to stop the producers of Wrestling the Shadows from releasing the movie and, in doing so, prevented Turner and WCW from being able to purchase the rights for it. Back in 1996, WWF signed a deal with the producers allowing them to follow Bret Hart uh, around backstage at WWF shows and that WWF would supply the producers with any footage they requested and had all WWF wrestlers who appeared in it to sign releases, allowing the producers to use the footage. Sorry if I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here, but kind of explain some of this, which stuff I didn't know about it either. In return, WWF would get uh, $30,000 and a percentage of the movie's profits. After the Montreal screw job, of course, things changed. WWF demanded the producers hand over all footage that they filmed backstage in Montreal, The producers refused, rightfully pointing out that they had a contract that allowed them to film and use any footage they wanted. So then WWF refused to cooperate and wouldn't sign the release forms and refused to give the producers the in-ring footage that they requested. After several months of back and forth, the producers took the issue to court, and finally WWF offered them a deal. WWF would give them all the footage that they needed 
and uh, sign all the release forms and even give up their percentage of the profits on one condition that they not sell the movie rights to Turner or even advertise it on any Turner Network channels. The producers agreed, fearing that if they went to court, it would uh, hold up the release of the movie for years. Thus, WCW and Turner weren't allowed to try to buy the rights to the movie, which they absolutely were interested in. And now they're suing the WWF for blocking the deal. I know there was well, a lot, but <laughs> I can tell you, I watched every episode of Nitro. It was never on there. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I assume this didn't go anywhere. I mean, I don't know if they really had a case in this matter. I mean, they they signed over. But they, uh, you know, they, they signed over their rights to the movie. You know, the producers of the movie did. So I don't know. These these cases are weird. Obviously, WCW and Turner didn't have much of a case here. All right. We haven't done this in a while. So um, that movie was interesting, though. Yeah. Uh, see why they wanted it stopped. <laughs> oh, the whole re- uh, recording them. Yeah. Recording them not knowing. Or Vince not knowing, which I think was pretty dirty, but. Yeah, I mean, it's dirty pool for sure. Uh, I don't know what the laws are, because obviously they were in Canada at the time. I don't know what the privacy laws are like up there, because I know there are certain states. I don't know what it's like out in – every state has different privacy laws. Like, I don't know what it's like out I know there. And out here, you cannot record so unless they know. Okay. That's and here has been in, a major thing multiple, multiple times with different things. Here in Ohio, it's a single-party consent state, and I know Texas is as well. So as long as one person – like if you're recording a phone call, as long as one person on the line knows that they're being recorded, then it's it's fine. So, so if it's just one-on-one, you can't do it. No, if it's one-on-one, you can do it because like as long as the person recording is aware because like you can't be an unknown third party on the call. You know what I mean? But if there's two people on the call and one person is recording and the other person doesn't know, that's legal out here in Ohio. Well, we haven't done this in a few weeks, so this week in ECW. I may have another Bali, sir. Absolutely. And several new faces debuted at the latest ECW show, being given tryout matches. Steve Carino, Yoshihiro Tajiri, and this is the only one I don't know. Antifa's Del Norte, sure, that guy, uh, Robert Gibson, Rex King, Wolfie D, and a new female valet who tried out a few months ago and apparently wowed everyone with her ability to take bumps. She ended up becoming Jazz. Out of everyone in the group, Tajiri got over the best. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Steve Carino obviously uh, broke out from the pack later on, and they pushed the crap out of him later on. No, in NXT. Uh, Oh, is he? Oh, that's right. Oh, I yeah, a, I forgot. He's a trainer. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, if you're going to stick Steve Carino somewhere, I think, you know, having him train is the best place. Um, But yeah. You said Wolfie so. D was on there. He's got a tryout. Wasn't he already a thing? I mean, not like a thing, but like. In 98? I don't yeah. remember. I mean, they were uh, definitely the nation of domination in 97. Hmm. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe he wasn't. Was he released from his WWF contract at this point? I, I don't that know. That I couldn't tell you. I have no clue. But I'm just like laughing that it's a trial. Like when I think trial, it's someone they've never seen before. You've never seen this idiot wrestle? Yeah. Well, they said Robert Gibson. I'm like, okay. As far as I know, there's only one. So it's like, why are you giving Robert Gibson a tryout? <laughs> it's just like, have you not seen Robert effing Gibson wrestle in your life? Because if not, 
then you maybe shouldn't be uh, considering bringing him in. <sighs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which one's Ricky? Which one's Robert? <laughs> All right. Apparently, they're going to be wrestling FTR very soon. I don't, I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, gosh. Why? I don't know. Because FTR like loves tag team, that I can get. But man, like and I, just 2022, that's not something I want to see. Uh, yeah, uh, I I know. They need that T-shirt like uh, the the old Eric Young T-shirt that said "I heart tag teaming." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Heyman has had negotiations with Public Enemy about bringing them back in, but they want fifteen hundred dollars each per week guaranteed deal for a year. And Heyman only wants to use them for a few months. Heyman is also talking to the WWF about bringing in Takamishinoku since it's clear that Vince has no plans for him. Let's see here. Public Enemy would have a cup of coffee, no be. Takamishinoku would not leave, aside from maybe some cameos. I don't know, maybe, but he's still there. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, none of that happens. Uh, I mean, when was the whole, was it, was it 98 when the cruiserweight or not cruiserweight, light heavyweight title was introduced. DX, DX in the house 97 when Taco wins it. Okay, now in the archives, by the way. So, yeah, it's been about a year. He did some stuff, and they did Kai and Tai and all that. So, I mean, I think, are we, is this post me choppy choppy you pee pee? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, not very post, but post, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he was doing stuff. <laughs> I mean, he was. I mean, Kai and Ty was on TV a lot. I mean, you know, all jokes aside, they were featured. Yeah. Right. So it's not like he. I wasn't mean, everybody. Being used. Everybody who's ever insulted Russo, uh, Cornette included, said his one positive was he had something for everyone. Yeah. So there wasn't is always, that. Wasn't always good stuff, but you know, it was something. They're so on he TV, tried. Dude. I mean, he tried, bro. <laughs> I did my best. All right, back to you know the. You know um, what's scary? I think he did do his best. I don't. God. I don't. I don't doubt that. I think that. Uh, yeah, I don't best. doubt that for a second. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So, back to the lawsuits here. A trial date in the New Jack versus Eric Kulas case, the mass transit incident, has been set for April. Yay. Like we get to that like once every couple of months because of what we cover. <laughs> yeah, it just that was that was just a big thing around this time. If nobody has watched the New Jack episode on uh, on Dark Side of the Ring, you might want to go check that out. Dark Side of the Ring, by the way, uh, something that we talk about on now on Hulu, by the way, or about to be. Ooh, awesome! I'm about to get Hulu, so I can watch it back. I think it's coming next month. It's on the to be released list. Sweet. Love it. Uh, but yeah, Dark Side of the Ring, two episodes in particular, we talk about at length with uh, John Arezzi on our interview with him. So go check that out. But yeah, uh, the Mass Transit incident, man, he uh, he butchered that freaking kid, man. Just Oh, you know, like you said, he hates white people. So there you go. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I don't know if he said that in character. I don't know. I'm not judging. Cause, I hope. But that, I mean, that's what he says on, on to him. I'll stab this MF or I hate him. I hate white folks. I hate all of you. <laughs> it's like, wow. And everybody calls him the N word. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> I give him credit, man. He can pull back, man. Like, 
just yeah. Yep. There was no sports uh, in with that dude, man. The ECW and FMW relationship has pretty much fallen apart after Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch no showed an FMW show a few weeks ago. That scene ain't so. I am just uh, so shocked. Right. But uh, that has been put together through ECW. The FMW people were pissed because they had spent a lot of money on non-refundable plane tickets for them. So even though ECW sent Sabu at the last minute to try to make up for it, FMW refused to reimburse ECW for his services, and it turned into a big thing. So that relationship is basically dead for now. Oh, man. I mean, what was – what were they really getting out of that deal? I don't know. I'm one of the few people I think that never really saw much in Candido. I'm sorry. But. I mean, I like Candido. I like, you know, well, my thing is like, what was besides Mike Awesome, who they ended up stealing away in the end, what was ECW really getting out of that relationship? Uh, and, I, I don't know. And people can't say, oh, well, the, you know, the small Japanese wrestlers, whatever, because, like, again, they didn't draw money. So they weren't technically getting anything out of it besides card fillers. I don't know. I know not everybody on the card is going to draw money, but it's just like if you lose them, it's not like you're losing out on a big thing. Apparently you're losing a huge problem. But... <laughs> uh, Steve Austin still has a torn abdominal muscle, and he's being kept out of the ring until the Rumble storyline is that he will enter the rumble at number one and he's likely going to be there till the end he is and he hardly wrestled it he got taken away in an ambulance (laughs) wasn't this the one where i guess that explains that okay wasn't that correct me if i'm wrong didn't he like chase mcmahon out of the ring and just like basically run through the arena throughout most of this yeah uh no not most of it like he he left the ring they ended up in the women's bathroom corporation beat him up they took him away in an ambulance. Like almost towards the end of the rumble, he comes back. Missing man's still in the rumble, but he's not in the rumble. He's at the commentary table, still active in the Royal Rumble, though. And yeah, there's that. So I guess that explains. I never knew that. Okay. Because he yeah. also missed most of the damn rumble match itself, but he was there at the end. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because I thought that was weird too. Like you said, it. You know, it's nice to hear that explanation because it's like, why? I guess that also explains why the ladder, like the cage match. Like, was so basically one-sided. <laughs> oh, yeah, where he just basically came in and beat the snot out of McMahon. Mm-hmm. Again, now in the archives. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, Vince damn near kills himself. So there's that. Uh, Jim Ross is slowly... Let's talk about that, man. He's got more guts than anybody in, this, in the whole business. So <laughs> They always say, you know, and, and it's, it's a sign of a good leader. They say, never ask your employees or your subordinates to do something that you wouldn't do. And... Credit to him, man. He's always willing to do whatever the hell he needs to do. The zip line in Anaheim and jumping off he, that thing for Gronk. And, yeah, I was about to mention that. He, he took the, He's like in his late 70s, and he freaking took a bump off that damn platform. I realized it was on a crash pad, but anybody else's age probably would have broke a hip. So I and, and he got right the hell up and just strutted off. It's like oh, nothing it. for that's him. It. That's, that's it. Oh, that's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jim Ross is slowly improving from his latest Bell's Palsy attack, but no timetable has been set for his return yet. Mania 15. Spoiler. Oh, he pops back up. That, that was his first time coming Just the main event. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, but, and another spoiler. WrestleMania 15 sucked. So, 
Uh, Shawn Michaels met with a back specialist in New York recently to get a prognosis on his back and if slash when he can wrestle again. There's been talk of having him face Triple H. There's been talks of having him face Triple H at WrestleMania, but until he gets cleared, they aren't even teasing anything yet. Well, yeah. I wonder if Triple H would have turned heel before WrestleMania then, and Shawn Michaels would have been DX leader. Yeah, right. What if now? Well, when he does come back, Shawn, that is, he's not wrestling, obviously, but uh, DX does. Well, they don't lay him out. They they lock him out of the building, and then the nation lays him out, kind of puts his face through a windshield. So, corporation. Oh, was it? Oh, that's right. That's right. Corporation. My bad. Yeah. So I mean, was the nation? I guess the nation's still thing. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't the way they were. I think they were led by the Rock at the I think time. So. They were just breaking apart when that happened. Hey, sorry, we're we're behind, we're that's that's in a couple of weeks actually. Oh, okay. I'm I got sure you. it's in a couple of weeks. Yeah, from this. Yeah. So the so the rock's out of the nation. Yeah. Okay. Ah, right. Yeah. Godfather's a pimp now, and it's just D'Lo and <laughs> Henry. And that's a real. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, at least we at least we have that on the timeline. <laughs> WWF no longer wants to be referred to as wrestling and are promoting the company as, quote, ongoing action adventure series. Uh, the wrestlers are no longer like called. Re- win Eddie. <laughs> yeah. The uh, wrestlers are no longer called wrestlers and are instead only going to be referred to as sports entertainers. They are. Superstar. But now. Yeah. Nowadays, they're superstars. Kind of funny so. how, they, how, they, how they bastardize that word when you got guys like The Rock and Cena who are legit superstars. <laughs> Yep. Well, they uh, that was, you know, that the WWF is like every word has to mean something else. It's like it's they they can't use like regular words. They have to have their own vocabulary. Like you and I always talk about that. Well, it's not a belt. It's a title and, or a championship. Excuse me. And it's not well, a what I understand because it's not a belt. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's what I kind of get. But it's literally been called a belt since the first championship belt was well, ever I, I'm created. Saying, no, I'm just saying it's literally not a belt, though. I mean, it's yeah. does not go in the loops of your pants and hold them up, so it's not a belt. No, but, but I, it's, it goes around your waist like and made of leather, so I mean, I think so that's why. string, your sweats, it's not a belt. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's weird, and then it can't be a hospital. It's a medical facility and not a title shot. It. And it's not a title shot. It's a championship opportunity. Uh, if anyone has been watching Raw lately, Vince McMahon's been on there every week with Austin Theory. I don't know where that's going, but I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> but he, Vince McMahon himself calls it a title shot. Literally. It's been the running gag. The room was like, what the hell? He's saying shot. Wow. He clearly says it multiple times. So, I don't know. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a little weird. Um. I, I don't know, man. You know, Vince is a is, is a strange, strange guy. And according to Bruce Pritchard, he changes. You know, like one week it's like, oh God, we can't say that word anymore. And then the next week he's like, why haven't we been saying this? He's like, because you told us not to. <laughs> jumped right on, jumped right on Becky two belts. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Well, they now some... shirt out of it. I just say it's out there. In well, they place. need they need to have somebody in some way hold like three championships so they can call him the champ, champ, champ. Nope, that's only going to be Henry Cejudo from here on out. Yep. Uh, here we go. This this story, man, just like, oh, man. wow. Yep, I know. The infamous here we go, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but anyway, Time Magazine was still running an online <sighs> man of the year. Sorry, I heard Time Magazine. I'm sorry. This... Okay, sorry. Go <laughs> <laughs> Time Magazine was running an online vote for Man of the Year, and on Raw, they acknowledged it and talked about how Mick Foley was winning the poll. As a result, this led to even more wrestling fans flooding it to vote for Foley, which eventually crashed the website. There were rumors that Time was going to eliminate Foley from the poll. This led to a bunch of wrestling fans leaving tons of homophobic gay-bashing messages and slurs against the guy in second place, Matthew Shepard, who was the gay man who was tortured and murdered in a hate crime earlier in 1998. To be fair, I don't think these people realize what Time Magazine's Man of the Year is. And I'll give you an example. I believe one year Osama bin Laden was the Man of the Year. Yeah, Hitler was Man of the Year once. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think people realize it's not about like the best person. I think it's like the most newsworthy. Yeah, it, it, I mean, that's true. But at the same time, you know, that's they just... I don't know. They uh, they they want their man on the cover, you know. Right, right, you know, it, joining the ranks of people like Hitler. I don't see where it's bad, Greg. Yeah, I I don't see where it's good. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, but I mean, there have been. It's it's not always bad. Like in this case, you know, the the second place person. Yeah, something bad happened to him, but. Matthew Shepard himself isn't on there for dubious reasons of his own volition, you know. I was what's his name? Uh, uh, Bobbit not on there. Oh my god, that was a pretty huge story. I'm not yeah, even trying to be funny. Like, that yeah, was, it was a huge thing. No pun intended. That was a huge <laughs> story. Wow. <sighs> anyway, that uh, that's just that got me. In Jesse Ventura's mainstream news, the latest count is that there are three books and three documentaries in the works about him. He's been interviewed everywhere lately, and all, uh, all the national political shows have had him on. Ventura also threw a fit because he was made fun of in a Doonesbury comic strip a couple of weeks ago and was threatening to sue because he owns his name. What the hell is that? Yeah, I don't don't ask me what Doonesbury is. Obviously, it's in the funnies or the you know the, the comic strips in the newspaper. Oh, yeah, but it's a political thing. It sounds like that's something that'll piss them off. Tell me it is. Yeah, but it's like, oh, they made fun of me in the in the comic strips in the newspaper. I'm gonna sue them. Like, really? Come on. I don't know. That's just that that sounds like so so petty. But at the same time, uh, especially within the last, yeah, well, especially given what we've seen in politics and especially in the last like couple of decades. I can, you know, that Jesse Ventura was ahead of his time, man. <laughs> All right, last couple stories we got here. Uh, this one, on the latest episode of Power Pro Wrestling, which is the Memphis territory at this time, it was all Christmas-themed and featured several segments that took place in Jerry Lawler's actual house. Wait, yeah. like, what kind of segments? Like, I, I don't, it didn't specify, like, what kind. It just said several segments took place in his house. So I, I don't know. just talking, or is it, like, fights, or what? Well, uh, Brian Christopher and Sean Stasiak ended up showing up at Lawler's house. Stasiak was in a gift box, but he was not over. All right, I just want to throw that out there. Uh, uh, Lawler. Let me think. Hold on, hold. On. This is ninety-eight. Yeah. I think he's still meat. Yeah, he was either still meat or he was post meat pre WCW Stasiak. So, yeah. Stasiak is uh, still like a year away. Right. 
Uh, well, Lawler ends up throwing. He might still be meat. I just Lawler like saying up, that because it's so bad. Sorry. Okay. And he, ru- and he wrestled in tidy whiteies. So there's that. But uh, Lawler ends up throwing a fireball on Stasiak's face in his kitchen. <laughs> then oh, back in the. Good Lord. That was a real sentence, by the way. It just it has to be said. Uh, but uh, back in the studio, uh, they had a local singer playing Christmas songs on a, on a guitar. And then the heels ran out and attacked the baby faces, leading to a huge brawl breaking out. While the singer continued to ignore the fighting and kept playing. <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett show up and smash the tar his head or what? It didn't draw a dime. <laughs> so, this, yeah. so this is real, huh? <laughs> this is real. Oh, man. Uh, last story here is an MMA story, but I was just like, oh, man, it shows you the, uh, the time that we were in. Uh, Hoist Gracie lost to a guy named, I'm, I think his name is pronounced Walid Ismail. Or valid his mail? I don't know. Save us some time. I've never heard of him. <laughs> okay. But he lost to him in an MMA fight in Brazil. It was extra embarrassing for Gracie since he had dictated what the rules would be before the fight and even handpicked his own opponent but still got choked out in five minutes. It was Gracie's first fight since his draw with Ken Shamrock in 1995, and Uncle Dave thinks that age simply caught up with him and the sport has passed him by. And then four years later, he would take on Matt Hughes in the Staples Center and again get choked out. So <laughs> Uncle Dave may have a point here. Yeah. Why does he keep taking off like three or four years between fights? And then he comes back in UFC against one of the greatest to ever fight. I like that. That's that's wise. Oh, well, yeah. You gotta give him that. That's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I'm not saying that Hoist Gracie is not a good fighter or anything. I'm not saying that at all. I'm sure he was. Oh, he's one of the best ever. Yeah, but at the like same time, time. Yeah, but at the same time, UFC was so different when he was one of the best. Freak show. Like, do you think, I mean, do you think he would, he would fare well in today's UFC? Hell no. Yeah, so there you go. I, it's, I mean, it's timing. You can say that about a lot of sports and a lot of, you know, legendary athletes, but I don't know. But all right, that ends our news and notes segment. When we come back from this yaw break, we're going to dive into Starcade 1998. Right after this. Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit FindRealRelief.com. That's FindRealRelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to FindRealRelief.com. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. And we're back. It is WCW Starcade 1998. Took place December 27th, 1998 at the MCI Center in Washington, D.C. Total attendance. Yeah. Uh, the total attendance, 16,066. And the pay-per-view buy rate was 1.15, which amounted to 460,000 buys, which you were not one of, according to you. I was watching it. Yeah, you watched it. I, you know, At a friend's house, and I had nothing to do with how it was viewed. Hey, streaming wasn't a thing back then, okay? So just just putting that out there. I mean, there was, there was other ways to watch it, you know, but whatever. There was no Peacock back then. Yeah, right. Uh, the opening package for the show lets us know that this is all about Goldberg. The announcers for the evening, Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tanay, let us know that Eric Bischoff has banned the four horsemen from the arena tonight when he faces Ric Flair. We then get a commercial for WCW on QVC, of all things, and then we go to Mean Gene Okerlund on the stage. He says that Steve Mongo McMichael has been escorted from the building by police, and then Gene pimps the hotline. Why not the hotline? Why Mongo was taken away? Yeah, right. Rumor has it Mike Ditka may be coming to bail him out. Good Lord. Monsters of Midway, man. Come on, we got to stick together. Uh, by the way, I never got why they, like, look, that team was amazing. Okay, obviously. Yeah. Well, I don't think you should be giving a huge nickname to a team that won one thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's because they almost went undefeated, I'm going to assume. So, yeah. I don't know. I will say, uh, I don't know if you felt this way, but I feel like WCW opened up their pay-per-views so boring because they would show you like a quick highlight package. This is what's coming tonight. And then they would go to the announcers and Mean Gene for like 15 minutes before they ever got to a match. So that's how UFC does it, if you notice. Um, uh, it's been a while since I caught the very beginning of a UFC event, yeah. so I I haven't noticed. But yeah. That's how they do it. So boring. Well, that's how they get you. Well, I mean, you know? theoretically, you've already gave him your money, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. And I was like, hey, we can open up the show with me sitting on the toilet and, you know, whatever. You're still going to watch. You gave me your money, damn it. And I like to watch. <laughs> not that. <laughs> uh, at least I hope you not. Don't know you don't know me. To, to each their own, man. Whatever. But this first match is Billy Kidman defending the WCW Cruiserweight title against Juventud Guerrera and Rey Mysterio Jr. in a triangle match. Went about 15 minutes. For those that don't know, a triangle match back in the day was a triple threat. 
I want to say the only people that called it a triple threat was WCW. Uh, or, I mean, ECW. I'm sorry. I think ECW called it a triple threat, and everybody else called it like a three-way match or a triangle match or whatever. Weren't that big in WWE at the time? N- no. Uh, according to Bruce Pritchard, I think Vince actually called up Paul Heyman the first time to ask him, how the hell do you book this thing? <laughs> so... Either way, oh, sir, you take three guys. CM Punk will come in and make them all tap out in five seconds to the Anaconda Vice. Sir, Lesnar will take them to Suplex City. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Kidman and Mysterio double team Hooventude throughout most of this match. Eddie Guerrero comes out partway through this one and reverses a pin for Hoovy to be on top of Kidman, but then Ray breaks it up. Kidman then pins Hoovy for the win. Uncle Dave gave it four and a half stars. I gave it four. What say you? Four. Loved it. It was a great way to open the show. Anytime the Cruiserweights open the show, it's guaranteed to be awesome. Oh, yeah. And, and then these, these three guys. together. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hooventude was about to be the greatest wrestler on the planet, according to Uncle Dave. No? These guys are about to lose their masks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, and then uh, I think you were talking about, you think this was like at the height of uh, Eddie's drug problems right so yeah yeah it sucks i pulled the nose up obviously you know when he went to wwe but still yikes but after the match eddie goes off on hoovy in the ring screaming at him on the mic for being an idiot he then goes off on ray mysterio saying that he can't even beat quote a cream puff like billy kidman he then says that hoovy and was that a racist thing i'm really asking i don't know i was gonna i was thinking it was like a homosexual thing that yeah, because he kept calling him a pretty boy cream puff. Did you see the woman he was with at the time? Yeah. I don't <laughs> think that applies. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Just saying, hey. I think it was a misspoken or he didn't know or something. Well, back in 98, you could get away with homosexual slurs, Greg. It was, you know, it was commonplace. So, you know, whatever. I'm, nope. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Jay Largo using the Q word on national TV. I don't know if we can say that. Oh, against yeah. Goldust. So, yeah. Well, uh, and then, well, and uh, Ron Simmons used the F word for gay, gay guys that, you, right, you yeah. know, we're not going to use. So there's that. <sighs> but anyway, this was for anybody who doesn't know why this was all going on. It was there was the Latino world order at this time. And, Which was uh, on fire. This is oh, like yeah. the new uh, Dungeon of Doom right here, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I will say at least they were trying to do storylines with them. I'm not saying they were good, but they were trying. Uh, Eddie was the leader, and uh, they were trying to get Ray to join, but he was – was he like reluctantly in the group? Like what the hell? He lost the match, on? was forced to join the group. Okay. And that then, explains then it. somebody made them disband or something. I forget what happened. They were all taking their shirts off in the ring. Uh, and then, like, he, like, Ray refused to for some reason, <laughs> which, looking back, made no sense because he was a elected member, but he was the only one that refused to. I don't remember off the top of my head where that went. Wow. And, yes, the LWO was just every luchador on the on the entire roster that they could throw in there. So, <sighs> whatever. But, uh Anyway, Eddie, uh, lazy booking. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But Eddie says that Ray and Hoovy hey, are. You know what? Though? I just sorry, I just had a flashback during the Thunderdome days of WWE. It felt like every Mexican wrestler, every black wrestler was wrestling each other. Wow. So it's a throwback to that. Good yeah. grief. It I was. Notice I, that. Yeah, yeah. 
But Eddie says that Ray and Hoovy are embarrassments, and if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, and he challenges Kidman to a match for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Kidman then comes out and says that he accepts, but only if Eddie, while in his street clothes, fights him right now. Kidman taunts him, and then Eddie finally agrees, and we get another match of Billy Kidman defending the Cruiserweight title against Eddie Guerrero. This one went just shy of 11 minutes. When, because I think you had watched this back before I watched it back, and you messaged me, Kidman wrestled twice. And I had a flashback. I'm like, we literally had this exact same conversation about a show about a year from now. Do you remember that? Yeah, right. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, sold out, I think. I think so, yeah. The night Jarrett and, and was it Benoit? Someone was hurt. Two people were hurt. It was Jarrett and somebody else. Yeah, well, yeah, because that was the night that Benoit got pulled for the main event. Right. So so they had to replace him, and yeah. And I'm like, we've literally had this conversation before about Kidman wrestling twice in a night. <laughs> yeah, and that time they bumped it up. It was three times. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't get enough Kidman. I, I really had to, like, double check. I'm like, are you watching the wrong one? And then <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right. oh, he's done this a couple times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, WCW loved them some Kidman, man. Not saying he was bad. He was really damn good, but... I have two Jax figures of him, by the way. And he's not the he's not the number one guy. I'm like, well, if someone's got to wrestle twice, it's him. <laughs> yeah, right. But but he's not bad. You know, he's I, I love him. I yeah. think he's like borderline great, but oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, but who and Tude keeps interfering on behalf of Eddie, and Ray keeps interfering on behalf of Kidman. Finally, Eddie's down, and Kidman goes up top. Hoovy crotches Kidman. Eddie goes up top, and Ray crotches Eddie. So Kidman shoves Eddie down to the mat, gets up, and hits the shooting star press for the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half. I just thought this one was average. What say you? I gave it three only because I know, like, we just saw him in a match, dude. So, right. You know, gotta, I got to give credit for that. So It was, yeah. I mean, it, this wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was just, mm, I don't know. But what, speaking of bad by any stretch of the imagination, up next. BCW, yeah. Wow. Up next, we've got Norman Smiley taking on Prince Iakea. All right. This is where you're going to use those three famous words here. Go ahead. Asses in seats. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. This one went uh, 11 and a half minutes. My first note, why did this thing go 11 and a half minutes? Who booked this? <sighs> I told you, man. Iakea was like... One of the big things, back, like, at least in the undercard, during this time period. Yeah, but just like they, they really. I mean, I'm not knocking them. I thought he was good, but clearly, when you look back on it, they thought they had something amazing here. Yeah, I'm not gonna knock them for that. I mean, it's a young guy, and they get, they get a lot of crap for pushing the old dude. So when you see something like this, you gotta give him credit for it. But yeah, but it's like you need some star power in this match, and both of these guys were just mid card dudes. In about a year, or so Norman will be. A little bigger. Yeah. Well, and they try the Prince thing with Prince Iakea, so. But speaking of what you were just saying about Prince I, you know, they thought they had something in Prince Iakea. Well, not here, because Norman basically dominates his ass for 11 and a half minutes and wins with a chicken wing submission. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it a star. What do you say? I, I said this is main event anywhere on the planet, so five stars, but. Oh, for God's uh, sake. Only in the Tokyo star. Dome. <laughs> Yeah, this this sucked. I was just like, why, 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 why? And this is Starcade again. Tent pole event. Okay, yes, you're right, but you need to you need to keep in mind that Bishop maintains that Star or Halloween Havoc was their tent pole event. So 
you have a point, but then you don't have a point. <laughs> I know, but they they at least built up like big main events for the show or, you know, for all their starcades. And just what the hell, man? I don't know. This this just this well, there was bad pre show back then. At least, you know, with matches anyway. So, well, not to spoil anything, but that match and the next two matches coming up. Why were they on the show? Yeah. But up next, Scott Hall walks to the ring and grabs a microphone. He says that 1998 hasn't been a great year for him. You he don't say. Sa- <laughs> yeah, it's going to get worse, Scott. Don't that worry. That's a surprise of the century. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he then says that tonight his, quote, big brother, Kevin Nash, has a huge opportunity to become the top guy in the industry. Top guy. <laughs> he says that everyone's been telling him that he's got to prove himself to them, but he says he only has to prove himself to himself uh hall then wraps finally wraps it up by saying that he can't wait to kiss 1998 goodbye because 1999 is going to be his year yeah Yeah. about that um (laughs) like i said strap yourself in scott it's about to get worse but this next man you know what by his own fault too by the way it's not like we're sitting there making fun of like a health problem oh no yourself yeah i'm not i and I'm not sitting here feeling sorry for him. I feel sorry that he suffered with his addictions as long as he did. But, eh, yeah. Up next, though, speaking of getting worse, we got the cat with Sonny Ono in his corner taking on, Perry, <laughs> taking on Perry Saturn in seven minutes and seven seconds. <sighs> Before the match, the cat grabs a microphone and says that the audience gets to see the best and he's ready to whoop somebody. And Saturn he's comes out. champion. <laughs> yeah almost as much as bruce pritchard oh yeah he's a five-time black belt hall of fame whatever <laughs> something like that good grief but uh yeah then uh when saturn comes out the cat gives him five seconds to leave and he turns his back to count but when he turns back around saturn punches him in the face in the end cat is holding saturn and sunny ono runs in to kick him but saturn moves and sunny kicks a cat who saw that coming uh, the cat then kicks the Sonny out. the weakest kick you've ever seen in your life, by the way. I know. And, and Ernest Miller's just standing there looking at him like, I couldn't knock out a baby with that kick. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why are you even holding him? Because Cat's like looking at him like, the hell, dude? Uh, the cat then kicks Sonny out of anger, and Saturn drops a cat with a Death Valley driver for a win. Uncle Dave gave it a dud, second dud in a row, by the way. I at least gave it a star and a half. What say you? You gave away too much, uh, Star. <laughs> I I said this. They tried. They didn't. You know, they still suck. You can literally but they use tried. that for any match ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quite a few of them. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm, again, why the hell was this on Starcade? Half Mama wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, how many times can I say the the phrase "Sunny Ono kicked the cat"? <laughs> Mean Gene Okerlund is on the stage again and calls out Nature Boy Ric Flair, who comes out in his silver robe. Okerlund asks asks Flair about the stipulation for his match with Eric Bischoff tonight, and Flair says that stipulations don't matter. He's going to destroy Bischoff. He says he's going to gouge his eyes, break his bones, and make him bleed. I'll make him bleed. (laughs) Speaking of him, backstage, Scott (laughs) Steiner and Buff Bagwell. That was actually the Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell burst into uh, Conan's locker room and said that they're going to beat him down. I didn't fully get what was going on here. Was it a 
uh, NWO feud thing? Yeah, the black and white and red and black. Okay. Well, Lex Luger then runs in and holds Conan back as Steiner and Bagwell leave. Uh, by the way, this is uh, Braun Breaker's uncle and Judy Bagwell's son. Just throwing that out there. Braun Breaker's uncle. Got it. Yep. <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, Scott Steiner from now on. Braun Breaker's uncle. When does this air? Uh, the last uh, Wednesday, so 29th. Okay. Okay. So he's not NXT champion yet, but he will be a week after this airs. Oh, he gets another shot. Cool. Uh, but up next, we get Brian Adams and Scott Norton with Vincent in their corner. This is one, this is a two, four, sorry, three fourths of the future black and white NWO right here, dude. Yeah. And they are. Uh, God. And they're taking on the team of Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn, because why Lightning not? Lightning Foot, Jerry Flynn. Oh, well. God, I got to yeah. correct you on everything, dude. Oh, Sad. well, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to disrespect the great name of Jerry Flynn. Jerry uh, S. This, Flynn. This one went about nine minutes. Ah, the only note I have for this is, in the end, Scott Norton hits a powerbomb on Flynn for the win. Uncle Dave, <laughs> Uncle Dave literally gave it a quarter of a star. I gave it one star. Which saved. <laughs> what the hell? Did he give it a quarter? What did you say, Dud? What the hell? Like bumping it? Well, that was a really nice looking power bomb. Or what? What the hell? That because of Scott Norton. <laughs> God. That's he's right. Huge he in Japan has been the headline. He has headline in Tokyo Dome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I gave it one star. <laughs> this I just sucks. That. I gave it a quarter of a star, and we've already heard Dud in this little show. Like, what the hell about this? <laughs> gave it that quarter star. <laughs> it's great, man. <sighs> I don't know. I just yeah, this this match sucked. This is another third time in a row. Why was this on Starcade? I'm going to keep going back to my original point that this is not their 10 pool event at this point. Like, I don't think. care. I don't care if this was a throwaway show. Why is this on a pay-per-view? This could have been Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. Like the buried in the center of the card Nitro. Oh, man. We yeah, know. the segment that's going up against the opening of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We now go to Mean Gene Okerlund on the stage again, who calls out Eric Bischoff. Bischoff says that he's sorry for all the pain that he's caused the Flair family and wrestling fans across the world. He said he feels bad about Ric Flair risking his safety and his life by climbing into the ring with him tonight. Bischoff says that the only reason Flair is doing this is because he's broke and he needs a payday. He says that while Flair pays out of his own pocket for his limos and jets, Bischoff's limos and jets are paid for by his company, and he's saved his money like a smart man. Okay, a couple of things here. Number one, I genuinely believed him. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think he was. Uh, second, um, I, I think I can believe him on the player being broke part, because isn't that why he came to TNA and wrestled? Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm going to say yes. So, I mean, I, there was... Um, I can't remember whose podcast. Yeah, I don't know. Talking. I'm going to make that clear. I'm people saying I'm, I'm saying it. I, I've heard Bischoff say that because he was in TNA with Flair. They debuted the same night. They asked well, him, he, why, not? why did he wrestle? It was like for the money. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he was broke. Just because you have money doesn't mean you don't want more. But right. I'm just assuming. Well, he was really <laughs> stupid with his money. I mean, Conrad talks about how he used to just like throw his Rolexes around all the time and just bust them or ruin them or whatever. And he'd just go well, get a Conrad, new one. Though. Because he's been told this stuff by Flair himself. <laughs> no, he's probably uh, oh, seen it. Personally. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm sure he does. Yeah, maybe not anymore, but yeah, maybe. 
Um, but yeah, well, and I think I don't know if Arn himself told this story or somebody else was talking about it. They said back in the day they'd park the car and uh, or they'd go they'd go to a hotel and um, Flair would pull the car right up front and then give the like he'd get out and give the guy at the front door like a a hundred dollar bill and be like here park the car for me and and Arn anderson would go up and take the hundred dollar bill out of out of the guy's hand and hand him a five and then he'd go park the car himself wow he and then he'd hand the hundred dollar bill back to rick and he's like you're five feet from the parking spot why are you giving him a hundred bucks to park the car you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) that'd be fair though that guy probably could have used that hundred you never know yeah it's it's true but Rick, I, I, I guess Arn was always smarter with his money, which turned out to be a good thing because his career got cut short. But, you know, whatever. I'm not going to use names, OK, but my last job, someone came in every Friday, dropped one hundred dollars in the tip shop. OK, mm. now I know when people have money, that's literally less than a drop in the bucket to them. But, you know, people can use that. So, yep. Well, well, I think. I think Arn was trying to help Rick not be so stupid with his money because he would try to talk him out of getting a limo all the time. And he's like, you don't have to live the gimmick 24-7, man. He's like, you can just rent a nice car like I do. So this next match is Conan defending the WCW World Television title against Chris Jericho with Ralphus in his corner. I forgot. Oh, God. I forgot Conan was TV champ. Uh, but this went about seven and a half minutes. Not like candy, dude. Yeah, unfortunately. Even though Jericho's like, a, hey, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, right there, right freaking there, and it was literally in the trash when Jim Duggan found it. So, <sighs> anyway, even though Jericho's the challenger, he stole the TV title and is wearing it to the ring. He grabs the mic before the match and wishes all the Jerichoholics a happy Jericho holiday. Jerichoholics. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought this was funny, though. <laughs> have a have a merry Jericho holiday. Like, oh, my gosh. But he ends his promo. The Canadian by, thing. Yeah. He ends his promo by telling Conan to pull up his pants. <laughs> <sighs> you know what? Sorry, but I'm going to agree with him on that. But whatever. <laughs> yep. Uh, we then get a rap music video before Conan or with featuring Conan in the video before Conan enters. The ref gets bumped at one point. Jericho blasts Conan with the belt, but K-Dog kicks out. Finally, Conan hits a face buster, locks in the Tequila Sunrise, and wins to retain the title. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I only gave it two for average. What say you? It's the deuce. Yeah, it wasn't great. I expected more out of these two, but... I I noticed something, by the way, in this match. Mm -hmm. Okay? Conan's face basically... His entire WCW run, he was in a faction. I didn't realize that until later. He started out with the stupid oh, Dungeon wow. of Doom, because, you know, that made sense. Yeah. Then the NWO Black and Whites, then the NWO Black and Red, and then the Filthy Animals. Yep. So uh, he was, there was always only, in a group. There was just that little time at the very beginning where he, when he first came in, he wasn't in anything. But then That's when he wore the mask, right? Yeah, he wore the mask to the ring, and he had the little tassels hanging off his, his outfit. Yeah. The Cholo in the Dungeon of Doom is still my all-time favorite thing. Yeah, right. As in, right next to a guy literally named Big Bubba. I don't know what to think about. As stupid as it was, at least when it started, it made sense with you know the Taskmaster and 
Kamala and Ming and Zodiac and all as dumb as it was, at least it made sense. The shark. And then this stuff started to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then this stuff started to happen. Yep. Stupid. Uh, we now see footage of Lee Marshall interviewing the giant. Like I say, for di- it's okay. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, we see footage of Lee Marshall interviewing the giant for WCW.com. Giant gets offended by Marshall's line of questioning and says that he's going to squash Diamond Dallas Page like a bug before storming off. We now and get. This interview was great. Good grief. Uh, we hey, now get. Russell rule. Yeah. Lee Marshall was. <laughs> of course. For that. Oh, for sure. <sighs> but up next, man. Holy crap. We get Eric Bischoff versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair in about seven minutes. Those words left my mouth. Obviously, Flair starts off dominating, but Bischoff does get in a few hits. Flair keeps hitting low blows right in front of the referee, not drawing a DQ. He even knocks out the referee. Flair locks in a figure four, and then Kurt Hennig runs down and hands Bischoff a foreign object. Bischoff punches Flair with it, and then he pins him for the win. Uncle Dave gave this two stars. I gave it one. I thought this was atrocious. What's the hue? Okay, I gave it two only because it was so bad, but I laughed quite a bit at how bad it was. I'm like, I don't know. It kept me engaged at least. <sighs> yeah. I remember watching it live, though, and it was like a huge thing. Like, the player wins. You know, it's like. Yeah, this this sucked, though. I was just like, Wow. I, I, I saw a flashback. I think Bischoff was part of the last arcade, too. Didn't he fight uh, Zabisco when NWO, or Bischoff won the NWO got Nitro? I'm pretty sure that was 97. Yeah, I can't remember. So <laughs> I, that sounds right. I know Zabisco faced uh, Scott Hall on. I think, was that the last one? Or was that it? I, I don't know. Okay. I can't remember now. But either way. He's going to wrestle Spicoli at. Um, at uh, Super Brawl, he passed away though. Mm. This one just like I, I like how Conrad puts it. He's like, not only do you put yourself on Starcade against Ric Flair, but then you beat him. What the hell? Stupid. But after the match, Kurt Hennig drags. Was that Kevin Nash's fault? I'm gonna put that one on Easy E. <laughs> But after the match, Kurt Hennig drags Eric Bischoff out of the ring and helps him to the back. And up next, we get The Giant taking on DDP Diamond Dallas Page in 12 Diamond minutes, Dallas 45 seconds. Wow. Uh, these two battle all around ringside. DDP makes The Giant punch a trash can, and then he hits him with a trash can because this is WCW where stipulations are meaningless and the rules don't matter. At one point, the referee gets bumped because, of course, Bret Hart runs in with a chair, swings for DDP, misses, and clocks a giant. And then DDP low blows Bret Hart. However, this doesn't end the match because why would it? As the giant kicks out of the pinfall attempt. After a lot of struggling, the giant tries to choke slam DDP off the top rope, but DDP turns it around into a diamond cutter in midair for the win. I think the finish was great. Uh, Uncle Dave only gave it three quarters of a star. I gave it two and a half for average, at least. What's the you? I gave it two. It was fun. Yeah. It, uh, well, I, it was, I mean, did anyone really expect a barn burner out of these two? I don't care how good pages. Yeah. 
again, I never saw a match from the Giant that was. I was like, oh, wow, that was well worth the watch. <laughs> I don't um, know, I mean, his man. Last, his, his only good match in his whole career was that match against QT Marshall at the pay-per-view. Other than that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was something. You know, QT Marshall, who's, uh, whose boots, by the way, are featured in the Hard Rock Cafe. So you put <laughs> some respect on his name. <laughs> this is not a joke, by the way. That is real. Why? But yeah, hell of a you man. Put a go-go's freaking Olympic boxing gloves. It would have made more sense. Well, you know why? Because Cody said so. And yes. you know, and I mean, Cody said. Well, and Cody saved the world by having the very first ever interracial baby. So you know. that's two in one show, baby. <laughs> yeah, got it in. <laughs> I, I did feel this was like way overbooked and just like none of the stipulations meant a well, damn thing at WCW. This this match or this show? I forget. What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> but after the match, DDP and Bret Hart yell at each other and have a bit of a standoff before both leaving. <sighs> All right. It was very anticlimactic, by the way. Yeah. But we're going to take uh, our next break. After this, we're going to come back with the main event right after this. Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It is Goldberg defending the WCW World Heavyweight title against Kevin Nash in a no disqualification match. 
This one went 11 minutes, 20 seconds, which is a fairly short main event for Starcade. But look at the two guys who were in it. There you go. But during his entrance in the backstage area, Goldberg signs an autograph for a random kid who's apparently just allowed to run around backstage. I didn't get that one. It's like probably mm, someone's kid back there. Oh, I'm sure it is. And they're like, hey, uh, quick, quick, we're going to use him. Go ask Goldberg for an autograph. Who's Goldberg? Shut up and go ask him for an autograph. Okay, no, there's no way that happened. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if he's backstage at WCW, yeah, of course he knew. But I'm just kidding. But uh, Nash earned this match by winning the 1998 World War III, by the way. Now in the archives, throwing that out there. So that's a nice companion piece to this. But uh, into the actual match here, these two both use submissions and brawling quite a bit. Uh, Nash actually looks great in this one. Goldberg's like a bull in a china shop. It was clear that Nash was the ring general for this one, and he stepped up in a big way. I This this one actually was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Disco Inferno, of all effing people, gets on the apron at one point because, you know, who, who do you got to have in the main event of Starcade, Greg? Disco well, Inferno. Oh, yeah, but – well, I mean the backstory, though, would tell you why he was there, but oh, he was trying to join me. the Wolfpack. Oh, OK. Well, still just like, really? I mean, I'm just Disco. saying it wasn't really random. I mean, but like, that's why. Yeah. But Disco gets on the apron. Goldberg pulls him in and then he spears him. And now Bam Bam Bigelow attacks Goldberg from behind and gets clotheslined out of the ring for his troubles. Now Scott Hall, dressed like a security guard, gets on the apron and hits Goldberg with a cattle prod. Nash then hits a jackknife powerbomb on Goldberg, who can barely stand to hand him his first loss ever and win the WCW title. Uncle Dave gave this two and three quarters of a star. I went with an even three, especially for the guys that were in it. I know it was overbooked and, and goofy, but it is handing Goldberg his first loss, so I can forgive some of it. Uh, three stars. What say you? I gave it the deuce. Did you like this match at all before the goofiness? It was okay. Going into, I mean, watching it like live, though, man, I was pissed. Oh yeah, I was livid. I will say this: I that's when I I, I loved. I I had a NWO Wolfpack shirt, loved it, but that's when I never wanted to wear it again. I was pissed, dude. Wow. Well, hey, um, you would be soon dead, so you know. <laughs> ish. After this, though, it would blow up and then be bigger, like, technically, and then die. Yeah. Right. I will say. Uh, obviously looking back on it, it was stupid, but if you're going to defeat Goldberg, it took four guys and a cattle prod. So, right. I, you know, I get it. It's, it's cool. This is a guy who kicked out of like two or three of Hogan's leg drops in a row. So, I mean, you got to do something to get him over. Well, actually, I think that's, yeah, that was in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Okay. So that already happened. Incidentally, uh, another Georgia Dome match is coming up in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Goldberg's greatest triumph and um, WCW's greatest wah wah wah. Anyway, bladder uh, than a plate full of piss, right? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, but I will say the crowd actually blows for this ending. Goldberg flops around like so. I was. Well, if you listen to and, – and I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. You and I will never know because we weren't there. According to all the dirts, 
you know, they said, well, after the cameras went off, the cheers for the title win turned to big boos and crap started getting thrown. So maybe? I don't know. Kevin Nash. Maybe the me, vocals left and then the hardcores were still there and got their guess theirs in. Yeah. Uh, well, because Kevin Nash still holds. He was like, did you hear that crowd? I think I made the right decision. It's like, um, I don't know, man. I mean, the company is dead. And, and that was kind of a low point. Well, uh, I don't know, but I Goldberg love Nash, but he loves himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. He talks about, well, I'm not a mark. And it's like, mm, you're kind of a mark for yourself. But Goldberg flops around trying to get up and he eventually flops outside of the ring. Six out of nine matches on this card, by the way, ended with outside interference. And there were a million ref bumps and it just got old by the end of the show. But Tony Khan swears he's not copying WCW. <laughs> At least <laughs> most of the rules, when they set rules in place for AEW matches, usually they stick to them. They're getting a little better about tag uh, matches. You haven't been watching lately, so I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> anyway, we're I mean, when Jim our... Ross has to sit there and point out, well, I guess, you know, you don't have to tag it now. This Lucha Libre will just swap. <laughs> So, yeah, like that, that one, the tag matches pissed me off. I'll say that. That's always pissed me off. I'm they like, try. what's the point? <laughs> but we're going to take our our last break here. When we come back, it's final ratings time. And what is yet to come in the new year on the podcast right after this? Follow us on Twitter at main event underscore marks, Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way way back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, Mike. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts. Go to our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. All right, we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gives this 5.4 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 5.98 out of 10. I give it 6.5 out of 10. Maybe a D minus. What say you? I gave it a D minus as well. I wanted to give it an F, but 
That first Suck. match was freaking awesome. But the second match was not bad. Yeah, I'll and bump then... it up a little bit for sword value. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is just it was something else. I'll say it was it, it definitely was not in the top five of uh, Starcades. That's hard sure. watching it back, knowing what this is going to equate to. Yeah, oh, man, everything that caused the company to go out goes back to this. I think yeah. they rebound even after the finger poke, you know, but no, nope. it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Titanic in a way. And, and you know, not, and it was apropos <laughs> comparison, but the hole was in the boat. Maybe it was slowly sinking, but it was sinking. It was inevitable. You know, yep. it's like, Oh yeah, it was, I mean, sucks, the, the, I, I love watching WCW too. It's like, I'm sitting there laughing at it. It sucks that it wasn't, it's not here. The Titanic sank when it hit a Goldberg. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. you sank when a finger poke of doom involving yep. a Goldberg. Not necessarily involving him, but he was involved. Well, not to mix metaphors here, but this was, you know, they were, they had cancer. They thought they could take care of it, but it was, it was inoperable and it was stage four at this point. They just, they didn't know yet. They were, you know, it was, it was underlying. So, but that does it for that show, man. And that does it for the year 2021. We get to move on, man. Yay us. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one's ending. Does that mean Kobe's over? That means that means a lot of things are over, man. You flip the page on the on the calendar and just like all the things that were happening are now gone. You know that, right? Ah, I've heard this. Yeah, okay. It's so, over. You're damn right I'm over. The hell. But we're moving on in twenty twenty two here. January is gonna be a big one. I'm looking forward to this. New Year's, new beginnings. January 5th, we're bringing you TNA Final Resolution 27, or two, sorry, 2007 for its 15-year anniversary. This is our first stop on our tour of TNA in 2007 that we're going to be taking throughout the year 2022. I'm looking forward to that because you and I both said we love the year 2007 in TNA. I think it's our best uh, year ever, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with the, the amount of talent they had and, and some of the stuff they were doing at the time. So I know it's fashionable to LOL TNA, but honestly, some pretty good stuff came out of this year. Uh, January 12th, we're covering our first Royal Rumble of the year, and we're only going back five years. We're going to cover WWE Royal Rumble 2017, Remember the Rumble. That one took place at the Alamo Dome. So I don't remember too much about it, but I'm looking forward to going back and covering it again. Dude, Ty Dillinger came out at number 10. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that like the first of like three years in a row? I know two for sure. I don't know if he's even two for sure. I know he's in the next one, but I don't know if he's. Well, there was but. one he was gonna come out at ten, and then I think Sami Zayn jumped him or something. Somebody jumped him in the back. I remember that took his spot. I remember that. I can't remember what year it was though. But uh, January nineteenth. <laughs> wow. Uh, January nineteenth, we're hopping in our way back machine. Way way back. We're going back to the year nineteen eighty eight for this one. It's the Bunkhouse Stampede Finals. So we're getting hella white for that one. Uh, are you ready? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, hell yeah. When you win, you get a brass boot. Who doesn't want that? That's in your ass for saying that. (laughs) What the hell? Uh, And that's double main event week. We put up a poll of four subjects. We we were asking uh, people to vote on for us to cover for our January bonus show. And it was a two-way tie. So Greg and I made an executive decision. We both voted. And we voted for NWO in WWE. So we will eventually cover the other subjects somewhere down the line. But for right now, we're going to go with the NWO and WWE, their entire run, which admittedly wasn't very long. long. Yeah, it wasn't very long. We'll cover all the uh, twists and turns and news and notes of those uh, few months that they were there. And then finally, to wrap up the month, this one was handpicked by Greg. 
It is the WWF Royal Rumble 2001. Yeah, this is right before WCW officially shut its doors for good. I think ECW was a, yeah, ECW was about to shut its doors as well. They literally just had their last review like a couple weeks before. Yeah, uh, this was the one uh, leading up to uh, WrestleMania 17. It was a big show. We have covered WWF Royal Rumble 2000. You tried this <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but we've covered uh, Royal Rumble 2000 in the past, now in the archives. So go check that out and uh, give it some love. So we're going to go with Royal Rumble 2001 this time around. I like the year 2001, or at least most of it. So it'll be cool to cover. Be interesting. So, yeah, check that out. That is what is to come in January of 2020, or excuse me, 2022. Thank you for joining me on this one, Greg. Mm-hmm. And as always, thank you for, uh, you know, coming along on this weird, weird journey we've had this year on the podcast. A year and uh, over a year and a half we have in the books now. So there you go. Uh, we will see you all next week and next year. Don't forget to check out the archives and catch yourself up. Listen to our John Arezzi interview. We'll see you next week with TNA Final Resolution 2007. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.